This is the 16th episode of the Insurance Asia podcast. I'm your host, Scott Pugh, and we've got an absolute treat for you all this week. Um, we are joined by the, the Gone Running Joint Dynamics trail running team, the mixed team that competed in the unofficial Oxfam trail walker this Friday, just gone. And after the uh, the race was was cancelled due to all of the challenges they're having in Hong Kong at the moment with the protests, um, the race directors made the, uh, the the prudent decision to to cancel the race. Um, very disappointing for many, and um, myself included. I, I would plan to travel up to race. We were, we had an Endurance Asia team that was due to be racing, um, but. Plenty of people still made it out in uh, in true ultra running community spirit. They um, they saw it to the start line, um, and the uh, the gone running joint dynamics team had you know they've been planning for a year to to um, to take this race by storm. Um, John Ellis had uh, pulled together a phenomenal mixed team as well as they had a a, a great female team also pulled together. Um, and so, yeah, this week we're um, we're catching up immediately after the, the day after the race with the uh, with the mixed team. We had uh, John Ellis, um, Ryan Whelan, and Veronica uh, Vadovakova. Um, honestly, just what phenomenal runners! Um, they they also raced with with Tom Robertshaw, who um, subbed in for uh, the, at the last minute. I mean, what an amazing sub in! Um, and so, yeah, they continue to uh, to to race um, on the unofficial Oxfam trail walker. And this is just a brilliant story about like how they overcome that and just put in a phenomenal performance. Um, you know, I reckon this is going to go down as one of the, one of the top team runs for, um, for many years. Um, I mean, we get a bit into their, their goals for the race, but yeah, what they managed to achieve given the, um, given the, you know, the race was, had been canceled and they lost a lot of their, um, their support crew. Is just phenomenal. Um, so yeah, a real shame that the the, the official race w- was cancelled, and it, you know it's a shame for the for the charity as well. I mean, Oxfam raise a raise a lot of money through this um, through this event that's been you know it's been going for thirty years, and it's such an iconic race. It's one of the very first ultra marathons in Asia, and so. You know, our, our thoughts with the um, with all the people in Hong Kong, but but yeah, also the charity itself. Um, for those of you that were planning to to donate to Oxfam Trail Walker, um, we're actually uh, I'm I'm planning a charity challenge myself, raising money for free to run. Um, so this is a shameless plug. Um, we're it's a phenomenal charity uh, led by Stephanie Case, um, helping women uh, women and girls in Afghanistan and around the Middle East. To, to get out into the outdoors um so yeah we're um uh we're, we're raising so we're, i'm 
don like matching donations up to three and a half thousand US dollars myself uh, and look, this podcast Endurance Asia we we do it as a uh, uh, Rick and I do it as a uh, bit of fun you know we 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 love um, the the ultra running community and, and and all the different sports we cover um, you know it's not a commercial venture we do it for the love we do it for the community we do it to share amazing stories um, so yeah if you're if you were planning to donate to to Trail Walker and a holding off to next year um it would be great if you could donate to um to our everesting challenge that i'm I'm doing in singapore um if you go on to crowdfund and um look for everesting free um, free to run you um you can donate on the page there and i'll also share the link on our on our facebook and it's it's in our um instagram handle but Shameless plug over. Um, let's get into get into this uh, amazing chat with just a phenomenal team of, of racers. Um, you know the, these these guys are just um, the the top top runners in the in the region right now. They've all been both John Ellis and um, and Veronica are actually both first place in their respective male and female in the Asia Trail Masters and um, Ryan Whelan has been taking podiums around Hong Kong competing with some of the best in the scene so yeah this is um this is a, a, a an amazing amazing field of um a team of runners so um let's get into it this is the gone running joint dynamics after the unofficial trail walker like the truthful story if they ever ask Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hi, welcome to the official winners of the unofficial <laughs> Oxfam Trail Walker. <laughs> uh, we've got here John Ellis, uh, Veronica. Is it Vadovakova? Yes. Did I say it right first time? Oh, awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. And, uh, and Ryan Whelan, um, you're fresh off the back of, um, of running the uh, Oxfam Trail Walker from, from yesterday after it was cancelled, but you guys persevered and, and got to the start line. And so really, really excited to hear the story of the race and how it all came through. But um, I suppose firstly, should we go around uh, like introductions? I'm keen to like hear a bit about your background, uh, your background in endurance sports but also uh, how it how you started trail running um so yeah starting with you ryan if you want to give us a bit of intro for yourself hi yes uh so i i came to hong kong in 2010 um so from the uk originally. from the uk yes yeah yeah warmer climates <laughs> <laughs> and uh before you know it came involved in dragon boating somebody said if you're new to town it's the thing to do uh you meet lots of new people and um yeah i did that really and loved it loved the team sport aspect and then um came to winter and it's like okay what do i do now so uh did a few trail runners uh trail runs uh king of the hills and yeah enjoyed it rubbish back of the pack but uh new to mountains and yeah it was fantastic yeah, nice. Did, were you a runner back in the UK, or what was your what was your sport when you were back in the UK before moving to HK? A, a few road uh, half marathons and just did a road marathon as well. Uh, nothing too special. Uh, yeah, just for fun. Yeah, and for fitness, you know. So uh, yeah, always been a passion and yeah, out here you've got the beautiful mountains. So good to try it out. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Thanks, Ryan. Veronica, what's your what's your backstory? Um, so my backstory, I moved to Shanghai six years ago 
And um, yeah, the first few years in a big city, it was super exciting, you know, a lot of things to do. But after the first three years, I realized, okay, I had enough of this party life and I need something else. <laughs> and I wasn't sure that even existed in a big Chinese city. But all of a sudden, I realized there are all these amazing communities with people who are running together, cycling, doing different type of sports. So I kind of made new friends. I joined these communities and uh, similar to Ryan, like, you know, we just kind of like wanted to challenge ourselves. So I first started with triathlon. So we trained for our first triathlon together. Then I did a few of triathlons in China, outside of China. And then one day my friend told me like, oh, like you love nature and you love mountains. So why don't you try to do a trail run? So that was two years ago. And that was my first um, trail running race. And I finished as a second one. So I'm like, okay, I'm probably not bad. But then I just... <laughs> <laughs> I kept, what race was that? Um, that was a like 26K race somewhere in China. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of just continued with triathlon because all my friends were doing it. But then last summer i just kind of wanted to like do a little bit more of trails so i signed up for two more races in china another race back in europe and i won all of these races so then i'm like okay it's time for the next level so i signed up for my first 70k and 85k and this year i uh, started competing for the asia trail master yes. um so that's how i also met with john and yeah, so far I won all of these races. Wow. So I was just... <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> too easy. Where, um, um, where are you from originally? You're from Slova Slovakia? Yes, I'm from Slovakia. Very cool. And um, yeah, because I, I knew that you'd done triathlons before. You did a 70.3, like the world champs recently this year. Uh, yes, yeah, so Is I qualified last year and I did the world championship this year in Nice. Nice. How did that go? It went well, but I just found my passion in trail running. So... Yeah. I kept on doing triathlon and I like to run. Um, I like to cycle. I like to run. I don't like the swim part. So I realized like I have this weakness and I'll never be as good in triathlon as I can be in trail running. So I just kind of want to go with my s strong with side. Your strength. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, my yeah. strength. Yeah, very cool. Interesting. So, um, so Mr. Ellis, um, yeah, I suppose no, needs no introduction, but go on, yes. sir. <laughs> oh, definitely needs an introduction. Uh, I guess I've I've always been a runner. Um, when I did little athletics, it's when I was, uh, I guess, at, at primary school. Um, I always liked the longer stuff. I think it was because I wasn't very fast, um, and that's still the case. So, you know, if I run against people at the short stuff, you know, they'll run past me if I find that I can just I can run long. And so, I've always done the longer stuff. Um, back in Sydney, I was a road runner, and then came to Hong Kong in 2010, and. You know, there's not much in the way of road running here and the mountains and the trails are just amazing so much variety and they're right on your doorstep took me a couple of years um you know coming from australia the heat and the humidity here uh, can be pretty oppressive and 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 just the hills like they're steep and there's a lot of steps and, and that was hard um but i've just kept it going I've, I've i've loved every minute of it and um yeah like most trail runners you you're always looking for the next challenge. And so, you know, started with sort of 15Ks and then 20, then 50, then hundreds. And I guess got up to 300, decided that was a little bit too long. And these <laughs> days, I sort of like doing the 50 to 100s. Was, was that the, the four trails? That yeah, you did? that yeah, was yeah. the four trails. Yes, the four trails. And, and, <laughs> and never, never again. Uh. <sighs> Sometimes I think that. <laughs> 
And other times when you forget how much it hurt, <laughs> you're tempted. I seem to remember a story of you like with serious chafing, like running up Lantau Peak at the end of that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, had to... I know you normally run topless, but you were like fully na- naked. No, I, I mean, it was actually the opposite. I actually had a T-shirt on and I didn't have shorts or pants. <laughs> oh, no, there's a vision for there, everyone. There was a lot of mist, so it was okay. <laughs> um, so, so, John, take us back to, to uh, Oxfam Trail Walker last year. You um, pulled a team together for Gone Running Joint Dynamics last year, an all-male team, and uh, and you guys absolutely, uh, absolutely smashed it, didn't you? Um, what was that? Yeah, what what happened last year? Yeah, I mean, we were just really lucky last year. Everything just came together, and you know, it was, in a lot of ways, it was kind of everything was perfect, and that just never happens in Trail Walker. Yeah, you get you pick four people, and then someone can't train, someone gets an injury, and then on race day, you know things happen the dynamics not right and people blow up but but actually it all just came together so perfectly so it was Jeff Campbell he'd never run 100 before but it was sort of deadly fast on you know stuff you know up to 50 um Brian McFlynn and Michael Skobierski who are just very solid on anything that they do and yeah we you know we wanted to to win but the Nepalese team were I think they'd won the the past two years and so we knew it would be tough and I think on a head-to-head you know they you know, if they were in their best race like they would beat us so all we could do was try and run the best race that we could just pace well make sure no one blew up and give ourselves a shot at the end and so yeah we ran out there you know checkpoint two we're half an hour behind them but yeah, you know we didn't right. we didn't panic we said look you know this is our strategy we're going to keep it together we're going to try and finish strong and throughout the day people gave us the updates and it was down to 25 minutes to 15 minutes to 10 minutes the second last checkpoint it was four minutes the last checkpoint it was two minutes uh, and that's when Jeff Campbell who just had a second win and just let us out we did 430s around the re- reservoir and we caught them we zipped past we completely buried ourselves to do it um, but it worked and uh, we ended up sort of pretty much getting our target and, and winning trail walker yeah that was amazing and it was so 12 hours you did it in last year and um to to win it for the first time because gone running joint dynamics you've had teams in like for the last few years wouldn't it so that was the that was the first time as a as a team that um i don't know i think maybe one of the women's teams had won, had won prior to that had they or um no or we've had the- we've had sort of various mixed teams and you know we've always been sort of high 13s and someone's blown up and yeah yeah to be honest you know took me six goes to, yeah. to win trail walker and here we are with veronica and ryan and you know they're one from one yeah <laughs> and so and at the end of last year because i remember um i remember hearing from you and, and you saying oh like we might pull together a mixed team for next year and that was like immediately after the race yeah. right so um so was it was it like a year in the planning to be able to pull together a, a mixed team well, how did that process work out i mean we had drinks straight afterwards just to thank the support team and you know with these you know everyone focused is on the runners but we had an amazing support team led by David Jackier at Joint Dynamics and, and a whole crew of support runners who looked after us um, but yeah the drinks we thought you know what's the next challenge maybe a mixed team and maybe a ladies team and so that was the genesis probably didn't do anything on it for probably six months and then yeah it starts to get a little bit closer we get the teams and then it's just trying to figure out you know trying to slot the right people into the team and then start training coming up with the strategy and making sure everyone's on board yeah yeah so i mean over to you then veronica like how um 
when did uh, when did John reach out to you about uh, about joining for joining Oxfam Trailwalker 2019? Um, so I think I was the last one to join. Um, John just texted me one day. It was probably <laughs> like one month before. So there was still enough. You'd time. already moved back from Shanghai. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so I moved right? to Slovakia, but you know I have the time right you now. Have a so he approached. Yeah. yeah, I have a passport, <laughs> and, and he just asked me. He told me like, "Well, the girl who was supposed to run with us, she can't do it anymore. So it would be great if you can join." So I was like, "Okay, just give me a few few hours or days to think about it." And like the same day, I already told him like, "Yes, I'm in," <laughs> uh, because I was tempted. I never did 100k before. So, so sorry, you'd never done 100k before. Like, what was the furthest distance you'd done? Um, the furthest was 86. Right. Okay. And I just thought like this is the perfect opportunity to test this distance because I will be running with a team, and I trust John like you know he's the winner from the previous year so I was like absolutely sure like nothing can go wrong and this this will be like my my opportunity to try and run my first 100k that's amazing and Ryan how were you tapped up to um to to join the team so uh we had a casual chat uh I think maybe over the summer August maybe and uh my first thought was maybe a year too early for me um i'd only done a few 50s and you know he was just gauging interest and then was asked again a month later uh there was a bit of a shuffle in the team and i asked for a few days to think about it uh spoke to my coach who's also the same coach as uh as john and he said uh, you know and andy du Bois, yeah. yes yeah. yeah yeah and um he said yeah you've got the fitness uh do it if you want to do it uh, and said 100k is long so make sure <laughs> make sure you want to do it and ag- again I thought like what better chance to do your first 100 with a team um, much better than solo I think and yeah I gave the decision and there we go we trained and, and, and I think at this point Ryan had only done what 50k's maximum 50k yes yeah wow so how from there so you're, you're offered to be part of the team a big part of when you are racing together as a team is training together as a team because you're all in I mean obviously Ryan you're here in Hong Kong so you get the opportunity to go out with John but for you Veronica when you're based in Slovakia like and you've never run with these guys before so what was the plan to make sure that you gelled as a team and that you were both on that you were all on the right training plan together well, I was also using the same coach, so he knew about our plan oh, to run the trail walker and he was familiar with the race. So I think we were all sort of like doing the same training, although not in the same place. So I think that was quite good that we all had sort of like very similar structure to the training. Interesting. So with that, did Andy actually fine tune all your training plans to, uh, to put, was this now your A race for the, for the season? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I had to change uh, some plans. Uh, the most important was I needed to get a 65, 70 kilometer race in. Yeah. Uh, I, it would have been too much to go from 50 to 100. Yeah. So I cancelled a couple of the smaller races and purely focused on a 70k training run, followed by three weeks practice and then the 100k. Okay, yes, so yes. so your so you did the furthest you went was a seventy k as a as a training run. Was yes, it a, was yeah. it as, a, as part of a race or it was yeah. yeah. Which uh, which rate which uh, Lantau seventy. Oh, okay. yeah. 
<laughs> that's it, not a training run. That's <laughs> the, one of the most brutal races in Hong Kong. I think it started as a training run, but then it became quite competitive. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> we're supposed to take it easy, which I did, and then uh, it was close to the front, so I, I pushed, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, didn't you finish on the podium for that as well? I did, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Solomon won it, and then uh, did you come in second or third? Or uh, Paul overtook me with a, uh, about 10k to go. Um, okay. Unfortunately, I'd done the Moon Tracker 50k the week before. So I was in a pain cave. So uh, I got so much experience of running on heavy legs. So yeah, I think that was really good test. And then uh, yeah, going from really dark place during a 70, thinking how can I, at one point I looked at my watch and I was thinking another 40K to go, this is gonna be brutal. So uh, a few dark times, but that set me up really well to do 100K. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's a, it's a really good race. It's always quite difficult, though, when you have like uh, when you go under race conditions and have it as a training run, because just the adrenaline <laughs> yeah. of being in that, that start line fever and uh, the red mist comes down. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to get competitive, isn't it? But um, and John, did anything? Um, I suppose you, was this your A race for the season as well? I've had a this was, I guess, the A race for this quarter. Yeah, for his month. <laughs> no, but this is this has been a big focus for me as well. So I've had I've been like Veronica, sort of working on Asia Trail Masters this year and, and trying to give that a good crack. Um, but yeah, I mean Trail Walk is a special one. It's just such a big race, and you know to get to run it with you know some good mates and you know to try and bring it all together as a team is is pretty special. It's not you don't get to do it very often. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, just on that, then just talk about Asia Trail Master because um, we've actually got Alessandro Sherpa came on. Uh, he's coming on the podcast soon and he obviously uh, took the win away last year. You're, you're in prime position this year, John, for the, uh, for the male win. What's, um, are you going to be there, in, obviously there in Malaysia for the final race? Is that the last one that you're doing of this Asia Trail Master season? Yeah, that's the plan. Um, fortunately, I'm in, in decent position at the moment. Um, it's, I haven't been able to do all the races I wanted to. We had a, a second kid in in, uh, in July um, but I've, I've had a couple of good results in some of the bigger races um, yeah it's there's a Japanese runner called Hisashi Kitamura who's, Kitamura, who's been yeah. super strong this year and I think we've all been lucky that Alessandro Sherpa has been injured because yeah. you know on his day like he's impossible to beat I've I've raced him at short and I've raced him at long and he's really tough I, I struggle so yeah. I think we've all been a little bit lucky that he's been a bit injured um, yeah. but yeah still got to get one more good result to, to lock it down and so, probably the same with Veronica yeah what, what's the what's the deal with you Veronica your um, yeah so actually I will be back in Asia in three weeks um, because similar to John like I I did pretty well this year but I only participated in four races so you need to have results from five different races <coughs> so I'm coming back for uh, a one in Japan which is beginning of December and then the last one in Malaysia which is the weekend after so you'll be yeah you're gonna do both those races back to back yeah okay. that's the plan Wow um, have you been doing any of the Asia Trail Masters as part of it right as this season Ryan or is it something you'd look at for next year no um, so I did an overseas race a month ago in Borneo, Malaysia. Um, TMBT. Yes, yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. So I gave that a go, and it was fantastic. It's a great um, race. Isn't it? Just the atmosphere. Um, I think it's a big deal for Borneo, and uh, just to meet some of the running community who you know do a lot of the races around the uh, Asia Trailmaster. So uh, it was fantastic, and I would definitely go back again. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about the the series, but yeah, maybe just a, a couple of races. Yeah. yeah. 
I think we'll have him in there next year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, like, moving on to, to Trailwalker then. Um, obviously, there were, uh, there's been a lot of challenges in Hong Kong recently and um, and really sad to see that the um, the the race was, was cancelled. I was due to run as well and, like, travelling up from Singapore, I, I decided to stay back until arriving today. But what... What was your reaction when you guys first heard that the um, the race had been cancelled? Especially given Veronica, you'd flown all the way in from Slovakia. Um, you guys had been planning this for a year. Um, what was your when you first got the news? What was your initial reaction? I suppose firstly with you, Veronica, having just flown halfway across the world to race. Ah, uh, well, we were all super disappointed, uh, but we kind of had a strategy meeting before it was announced. And we agreed, like, no matter what happens, we will do the run and we will take part in the unofficial race because I think everyone, I mean, so many teams were training hard for a very long time, so we didn't want to give up on it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my opinion on it. I think, yeah, of course we were disappointed, yeah. uh, but that's how it is at the moment. So we just had to adjust. Yeah. yeah. And John, what was your, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we were all just gutted. You know, we put in a lot of time into this and um, a lot of preparation and, yeah, so much, so many things happened behind the scenes to make it all happen on the day. And, um, yeah, we were gutted. But at the same time, you know, this was almost like, you know, what happens in a, in a trail race where, you know, things happen that you can't prepare for and you have to adjust on the fly and figure out, you know, what's, what's the right thing to do to get to the finish line here. And, you know, we had that chat as a team. We decided we all wanted to do it. Um you know, having said that, unfortunately, yeah, we we did lose a team member um, in the in the last couple of days, and uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to rope in Tom Robertshaw, who was a pretty handy replacement, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad sub in. We um we actually we found out yesterday that when he did Hong Kong Four Trails, he actually did the Mac in twelve forty five, which is our, exactly our time, yeah. but that was the first hundred k's of a three hundred k race. Yeah. So, yeah, he's. Pretty strong. <laughs> I think we slowed him down on the uh, on the uphills. Yeah, all fifty-two uh, kilograms off him. Yeah. <laughs> what What was your reaction, Ryan, when the when the news first came out around the the race being cancelled? Uh, of course, very sad. Um, you could sort of see it coming, so yeah. you would you you know accepted it a little bit um, more easily, and yeah, pretty sad, of course, for ourselves, but then for. You know the charity itself yeah it's really sad news um uh, a friend from the running community had, had just had a third child and had really looking forward to this so you know it's just very sad but then we're all here in hong kong we're fit we're able to run so it was it was gonna be a given yeah. that we were gonna uh, run yeah yeah and i mean i'm sure you'll all agree that it was it was probably the right decision for the race directors to make I mean, it's not just about the runners, it's about all of the support crews, all of the people that are manning the, the aid stations and just the amount of logistics that goes into a race like that. I know there's yeah. 5,000 runners, but actually the amount of people that are involved on the day is probably five or six times that, right? I think it's, yeah, I think it's maybe like six or 7,000 when you add in the volunteers the and the supporters and everyone else. And they're sort of coming and going throughout and... You know, I guess if you don't know that they can be 100% safe, then, yeah, you have to ask some pretty serious questions about whether it should go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And so um, you, you all decide, 
decided to to still race. Um, obviously, Jeff, that was originally supposed to be racing, you were because uh, I remember last year you actually you trained with um, team of five for the. Um, for, did you have the same strategy this year? <laughs> no, we we sort of almost had an embarrassment of riches last year. So we had a team of five, and you know it's it's a little bit ruthless because at some point you know a month out you've kind of got to make a decision on you know someone who's been training and working you know kind of gets cut. Um, but you know, unfortunately, you know Justin Andrews, uh, who's an amazing runner, but he's had some injuries. Um, you know, Brian McFlynn's moved to Switzerland. He's doing two thirty marathons now instead. Yeah, um, and ridiculous. so we simply just didn't have the five. Um, so you know, we scraped together four, which turned into three, and then we got it back to four just at the last minute. Um, but you know, that was enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, and then so the the strategy going into the race, I suppose, like from from the very beginning, um, how we, you, the goal was obviously to win the race, right? But um, but then did you you went back and looked at the historical timings for the race? So yeah, what we, what was the goal time and what was the sort of uh, like pacing strategy and the, and I suppose the um, the support crew um, um, plan for the for the race. Everyone yes, looks to John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John's plan. John. <laughs> no, I mean, with the team that we had originally, thirteen hours was the was I guess the target, and we had three goals. One was you know we'd like to win the overall race. Um, we wanted to win the mixed team race, and then we wanted to win or get the mixed team record. So three different goals. We thought yeah. the best chance was you, know, you you can throw numbers out there about you know what you want to do aspirational targets, but but really picking a realistic target was the best way to make sure you're not, you don't go out too fast and, and blow people up. Um, and so 13 hours was what we thought we could do um, with what happened. Um, obviously, sort of Jeff being slammed at work and then replacing with Tom, we lost a lot of our support runners that we didn't know what the checkpoints would be like. So we actually moved the 13 hours to 13 and a half. We thought that was probably quite realistic. Um, and so we just basically set off there. I mean, at the end of the day, the schedule is, it's a, it's a guideline, but it's not the be all and end all. And I think... You know, we went through on target for the first couple of checkpoints, but then, yeah, from stages three and four, we we sort of started to get a bit ahead of it. And, you know, I've done trail walker a number of times. I've seen teams blow up and actually these guys just looked really strong. And so we kind of went with it. Um, and then, you know, during the day, we gradually got more and more time off our schedule. Um, we moved to the front and just kept it going. Yeah, yeah. And so did you um, still have, because a big part of, uh, of Trail Walker is that it, um, you can have a full support crew. So mules the whole way and, um, uh, and people meeting you at any point you want to be able to deliver you supplies. So um, I can imagine once the race was cancelled, you might have lost quite a few of that, that support crew. What did it go from and to? Like how many did you have originally and then how many did you end up with on the day? So uh, originally we had at least one runner with us at all times. And um, yeah, the, the plan was they would carry our extra waters, um, any extra gels. As soon as we're done with a bottle, we give it to them and stay as light as possible. Yeah. So um, we lost a lot of that support. So we had two runners throughout the day. Um, so again, as John said, that's why we just adjusted our time to 13 and a half hours. Who were your runners? You got to call out the support crew, right? <laughs> they're, they're as important as Or me, who was, uh, that's the first time I've ever experienced, uh, or me, Mike Orbinson. Okay, cool. Cool. Sorry, race yeah. base. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. And that guy was a legend. Uh, I'd never knew what it was going to be like to run with support and he was making us drink water 
give me your empty bottles, um, pass it to me or drop it on the floor. I will pick it up. He was fantastic. <laughs> what really what stages did he, uh, did he support you from? Uh, Two, two and three, yeah. So uh, it was sad to see him go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and who was your other um, your other support member for the um, for the the other part of the race? Um, so after Omi left us, we were alone for a bit. I think twenty kilometers. We were running just our the four of us. Um, and then for the last forty, we had Urban, who is um, a French runner. Uh, but he's not a trail runner. He's coming from like a track background. So uh, he was just excited to be there. And, you know, he was sort of motivating us when we were Super all dying. excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was just running back and forth and screaming like, come on, guys, come on, guys. And we're like, come on, we're already running for 70K. And he was so <laughs> fresh and yeah, just full on. So we were running with him almost till the end. And then we kind of lost him um, before the very end. So Yeah, we dropped him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so what role did each of you guys play in the team? What was your, uh, your specific role, whether it be pacing or whether it be leading from the front, whether it be towing someone or, what, or whether it be the person to just like keep everyone upbeat and everything? So what would you say were each of your individual roles within, within the team? Um, I suppose first with you then, Ryan, yeah. Yeah, so I guess just... Uh, just keep on reminding people drink uh it was quite warm so um one of the first climbs near Saiwan Ho near the beach it was only about 9 30 a.m and the sun was on our back and uh we were running with the other teams and you could just see how hot everyone was getting so I guess my role very small but just keep telling people to drink water um and nutrition as well um actually probably the other thing that Ryan did as well was I think in the last couple of stages, you know, we were we, we thought we were winning by quite a bit and to be honest, like the three of us thought, you know, this is good, we can probably do a sub 13, mixed records out of the out of the question and you know, we're happy to cruise it in, but Ryan didn't had different ideas. <laughs> and so um, yeah, and I suppose on that the, the previous record for Trailwalker for a mixed team was like 1250, 1251. Yep, 1251. Okay, so that was one of your goals for the race beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah, we pushed pretty hard on stages 7 and 8 and then 9 we had a really good stage. We were really flying, but I think all of us were quite happy just to, to cruise it in. But yeah, Ryan sort of got out to the front and he sort of kept on reminding us that, you know, how long to go, how, what's, what sort of distance. And we looked at it and went, yeah, like records on, like we probably should. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, wow. we um, from, well, we started uh, section nine. Everyone was strong. Nobody was really slacking. Uh, everyone was in a good place mentally and physically. So I had a quick, quiet word with John and I said, right, um, without the others hearing, and I said, right, we've got X amount of Ks. John, you gave the last section an hour and a half. We, we can smash that. And I, I quietly said, if we go for it, we start now. Give ourselves the chance. Um, if we start too late, we may just miss it. So uh, he didn't really agree, but... <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the, the final stage of Trailwalker had actually had changed for this year, right? So it used to go around Thailand Reservoir, um, which is quite flat. But this year there was a bit of elevation and steps. And yeah, what was the, what was the final part? Of, and had you trained on the final part? 
knowing that it was a different route from previous years? Yeah, Ryan and I managed to get out uh, about a month ago, and I'm really glad that we did that. So we knew when we were chasing this record, we knew what was what was ahead and where we could push. Um, yeah, the new the new finish is it's about a k and a half longer, and it's got a little bit of extra climbing. So we figured it's probably about an extra ten minutes. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, Veronica, what was your um, uh, what would you say your role was within the team, or how did it transpire? What your role was? <laughs> well, I don't think we really had a specific role. We just all wanted to feel comfortable at all times. And then for me, I was just relying on John because he did six other trail walkers before, um, and he knows like all the trails. So for me, it was all new. I only managed to do one stage. Um, like the weekend before, so I didn't know the trail at all. I was just relying on my teammates, and uh, I knew like they were all really, really strong. So I just, I just went with it. Like whatever they said. Now we go a bit faster. Now we go a bit, go a bit slower. Like I knew like this is the right pace for us. Yeah, you've got to have such a phenomenal amount of trust in the team, right? Um, I mean, we've all done races before where we've never done the course before, but we've not all gone to go and try and get a course record on a, <laughs> on a route we've never run before. Like, I mean, yeah, so um, having not run it, just knowing what hills are coming up. So where's everyone just preparing you for, okay, we've got, there's like, a big climb, then it drops off a bit, and there's another big yeah, climb. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. They, yeah. We were all like, always aware of what's coming next when is the next checkpoint how much more climbing we have so um i knew exactly like what was coming um but yeah i, I never ran it before so i was just hoping like i will be able to keep up yeah it's interesting do you reckon it, uh, um it's actually better not having run it before because you just because if you know what's coming psychologically it can actually hold you back a little bit do you reckon that was probably quite good for you that you yeah. actually um because looking back now i suppose things like needle hill coming <laughs> up or uh, yeah it just um you're probably best not knowing what's coming <laughs> at that point yeah i think everyone else had a stage that they really didn't like but yeah. because i didn't know any of the stages I was just running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, having said that, actually, it was quite funny because I think we told Veronica that Taimo Shan was the last big hill. And once we got over that, you know, it was basically downhill and flat. And I, just, I think something changed in her when we were getting to the top of Taimo Shan. She just ran off. And, you know, Ryan and I were about 100 metres back and we were getting yelled at by Owen because <laughs> so you shouldn't be talking, you're wasting energy. And why are you so far behind? <laughs> we got told off for talking. <laughs> wasting energy. <laughs> Um, yeah, Taimashan's actually quite that climb going up there because it's just a road. You can actually like get the, quite a good pace going up that yeah. last bit there, can't you? Yeah. Um, and so, did um, once uh, was there any like massive changes in the in the race strategy from before to um, when it, it was going to be an official race to when it became an unofficial race? Did you like apart from obviously having slightly different paces, but? I suppose your goals will remain the same, but was there anything else that changed in um, f f when it was um, run just as like an unofficial race from there? Uh, not really. Um, we just had to carry more water. Uh, yeah. We knew um, where Dave would be, uh, David Jackier, with his car, um, but we don't know what's going on in Hong Kong, so we had to repair ourselves and make sure we covered our own back. Uh, take some money in case we had to... Um, by water and we didn't have that luxury of knowing like we have support runners at all times so had to think on our feet a bit more and keep in contact with them a little bit more yeah yeah so and, um and to still get the record 
without that is fantastic because obviously there's no volunteers there but they still left all the supplies at each of the checkpoints right but that meant you had to fill your own water up at every one was that right so that that must have slowed you down a fair bit uh, well actually they only left the water at the checkpoints uh, but we had Dave at almost every checkpoint with all of the supplies that we needed and that we planned for the race so we actually didn't even want to stop at the official checkpoints even there were no checkpoints but even if there was an official race like for most checkpoints we would just run through and we would only meet Dave and like take supplies from him. Ah, oh, so sorry, you had uh, Dave was driving a car to each checkpoint to meet you at each one with a uh, with like a full table, like a smorgasbord of uh, yeah. of food and drink. Yeah, so he, but he got into five of the five points along the course. Some of them were official checkpoints. Some were you know yeah. places like Shatin Pass or yeah. Shingmun. And yeah, he he got out the runner buffet and he got out his David's elbow, which <laughs> which actually came in handy for Veronica a little bit through. Did you have a good massage at some point through it? Then did you? It was a very painful massage, but it definitely <laughs> helped. What happened? Did you? Um, you so yeah, b- maybe like. Two weeks before the race, I started having ITB issue. Yeah. So I had pain in my knee, then the pain moved to my hip. So I wasn't really sure, like, how am I supposed to run this first 100K when I actually, like, have some pain in my leg? But John told me, don't worry, you know, we have this amazing, like, physiotherapist and they can fix you before the race. So I came to Hong Kong about a week before and I actually had some sessions before the race and they all kind of ensured me like this is going to be fine and it was fine up until kilometer 50 and then I started to feel my knee again so I got a bit worried because it was just halfway through so then John immediately called Dave like Dave we need your elbow at the next station like we need to release some pressure and it helps I I took a few painkillers and I got Dave's elbow twice (laughs) and I managed to run to the end what, um, I'm always quite interested that you took painkillers just like Panadol or pa- Paracetamol or I think I took a yeah, ibuprofen I think a combination of a few <laughs> how's it feeling now? well I was a bit worried uh, about today because it's the day after but I feel great. I have no pain at all. So I think maybe... <laughs> Kudos to Dave. I mean, how annoying is that? You all look way too fresh to me. We yeah. gave her lots of drugs, so give yeah. it another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> knee, knee will be bad tomorrow. So, I suppose that leads quite nicely on to... Um, we talk a lot on the podcast about getting deep in the pain cave and tra- managing to, to like drag our way out. So it sounds like your ITB issues were one of them. Was there any, was there any other real low moments during the race where you... Um, <laughs> Where you thought, oh, I can't go on. Yeah, I had a very low moment in the middle of the race. And then John looked a bit worried and he's like, are you okay? You kind of stopped talking (laughs) for several kilometers because before we were all like talking to each other and I'm just like, I'm fine. I'm just saving my energy. So I think each of us had a low point at some point in the race, but it never happened at the same time. So whenever someone fell down, everyone else will kind of just like, lift him up and um yeah alternatively i also had to be towed at some points so that really helped yeah what uh, what sections do you remember like what section and who, who was uh, who was doing the towing and um so it was john and tom 
Yeah. And it was for the Needle Hill and the Grass Hill section. Um, yeah. I kind of felt like I can do it, but at the same time, I didn't want to waste too much energy and everyone else felt maybe a bit better at that point. So I just agreed and it was amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and for you, John, any uh, any moments where... Uh, I, I was actually looking at your Strava, um, the, the Strava segments, and you guys did the last sort of six to eight K at like sub five minute Ks, like you were hammering it. Obviously Ryan, you were like <laughs> whoosh, whipping yep. everyone. Yeah. Um, but you were hitting like sort of high 160s heart rate on that bit. Like yeah. you were pushing it hard 12 uh, hours in. Yeah, Ryan had the whip out, so I was a little bit scared. But I think we, yeah, we all had some, some weak points. Um, like I think on stage nine, um, yeah, I was sort of drifting off the back a little bit and it, the kind of cool thing was I'd been sort of telling people to go slower all day. And so when I said that again, no one really suspected that it was for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like we all, yeah, we all had tough moments. But, you know, the team, you know, just responded and you know, we did what we needed to do to get people through. And I think that's one of the reasons it worked so well. Yeah. Did, did, um, did Tom have any tough moments or was he just like floating like a cloud across the 100K the whole time? He was pretty strong for like probably 95Ks, which... Actually, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I think, you know, when Ryan says, you know, let's do 445s for the last 5Ks, that's probably asking a lot of anyone. And yeah, he, he probably got a little bit of a push from Ryan at that point. But other, other than that, he was he was dead strong all day. Yeah, he's a majestic runner, isn't he? Um, what about you, Ryan? Any any tough, uh, tough moments? Yeah, so um, the last couple of climbs, so the Needle Hill and Taimoshan, I was feeling quite heavy going uphill. Uh, Were you guys using poles? So clever people bought poles. <laughs> Actually, Ryan Ryan used poles for the very first time. We had a lesson on the way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, again, I was I was struggling a bit. So uh, John just said, "Hey, give these a go." <laughs> yeah, you handed them over. I was going to say, handed yeah. them over. For hey, this is taking my mind off it. Let's yeah. let's try this going uphill. Um, and then the gentleman that John is towards the top of uh, Time on Shan, he he gave me a bit of a. Uh, a bit of a bungee and yeah that was fantastic and when we got to the top of there mentally I thought right I know I'm strong from here out so uh, I really appreciate that just to get us to I kind of wish up. I hadn't done it because then you wouldn't have been so strong later on yeah. <laughs> pushing us for that record that came back yeah. to bite you yeah. didn't it John it was so strong in the last 25ks yeah and um, so was it just you that used poles um, during the race then John uh, and Tom as well yeah. yeah, Tom's like yeah, Tom's fifty-two kilos, so he just floats uphill, and then when he's on poles, he's <laughs> like seven steps at a time. Yeah. yeah, he's almost like catapulting himself up, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I always I find that. Um, well, I mean, with Oxfam Trail, um, with uh, Hong Kong Four Trails, and Andre like removing poles from, uh, from it, it seems um that a lot of people stop using them but i think for oxham trail walker it's there's a, a few of those sections where it's really valuable especially going up the road where you can get a, a really good rhythm going up time sham yeah i mean i think when you break down the course the first 25 doesn't have that much climbing the last 25 doesn't yeah. so a lot of the climbing is in the middle 50 so it's really set up for poles yeah 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 and so um so team races you've all done lots of uh lots of solo races in in um in the trail running scene what do you prefer ryan starting with you first so team or solo what what would you say would um what what are the differences and what do you sort of prefer um about each 
Um, so yeah, first and foremost, first 100, uh, so glad it wasn't solo. <laughs> I would have made so many mistakes. So, uh, it was Such as? What, what, what mistakes did you avoid by being in a team? We went, went out nice and uh, John Ellis pace, basically. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have had a horrible last 40k. So uh, it was fantastic. We all felt super strong for the last 25k, thanks to taking it easy uh, to begin with. Um, So, yeah, it was fantastic. And I would happily, you know, do another 100K team race, probably over a solo race. Yeah. Yeah. 50K, I'll do solo, but 100 as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's more an experience. So you want to do it with your teammates, do it with your pals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And for you, Veronica, what what about you? Are you uh, keen to sign up for some more team races in future? Or? Definitely. I yeah. think it was a great experience just having other people motivating you when you feel low. So, you know, that never happens when you're running by yourself. And then plus having all this extra support, like it was something special. So I would definitely do it again. But... I mean, it's really important to have a good team and our team dynamic was great. Like from the beginning till the end, like no one was complaining. I think we got on, got along really well. So I think that's another important factor that made a big difference. Um, yeah, how did you go about doing that? Because obviously you've all got the same coach, but you haven't been able to train as a team of four or certainly the, the three of you. So um, did you jump on calls beforehand or <laughs> what did you do to try and gel a little bit beforehand and build the culture within your team? Um, I mean, we, we only had one team run. Then in the end, the team changed. So I think it was not about training together because we all know we are like strong individually. It was yeah. more about like working together as a team. So not even like the physical, but just the mental and just being on the same kind of like same level. And also just maybe listening to John's strategy because he had it all planned and we just sort of believed in it. And we knew like that was the best strategy for the race. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, just to you two first, then um, um, before we go to, to John about team or solo, what's it like being paced by John Ellis? Because he's like renowned for being like holding back and then just hammering it in the like last, uh, the, the second half of the race. So how did that fit with you? Because the reason I, I spoke to Alessandro Sherpa recently and he, he was getting advice from John about managing his pace. And, and actually he, found, he finds that he has to stay on the front because as soon as he's behind people, he, he kind of loses his rhythm. But how did you guys find that um, being sort of starting out slower and, th- and then pushing towards the end? Um, well, I think if we had a Hong Kong dollar, each time John says, <laughs> dial it back, bring it down, we'd, we'd be able to afford a few, few coffees each, <laughs> some cheesecake. <laughs> um, but he was right. He was right. And again, we wouldn't have had the strong finish we had if we pushed a little bit uh, harder at the beginning just to shave a few minutes here and there. So... Um, yeah, it was uh, just have faith, just have faith in it. There's an old saying uh, from my dragon boat days. It's called uh, trust the chug. So when you get in a dragon boat, yeah. you have all these boats around you. It's noisy and you want to speed up because you want to go the same speed as the local Chinese crew who's next to you. And the coach always says, trust the chug. It's going to be slower. We will catch them up eventually. Yeah. And it's the exact same principle. Uh, in this 
So trust the pace we're going. And when we caught the, the Hong Kong sports clinic team, which we were aiming to catch, uh, I was almost disappointed we caught them too quickly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was what, always the plan. At what stage did you catch them? Yeah, between three and four. Okay. So we saw them and then hunted them down. We didn't go crazy to pass them. We thought, keep the pressure on. And then, uh, yeah, we passed them. And then it was, yeah, we were confident. Yeah, yeah. great. And Veronica, what about you? When you're racing solo, do you normally go out <laughs> a million miles an hour and then uh, and then blow up and crawl to the finish line? Or uh, is, that, is that normally your strategy? Yeah, usually that happens. I like <laughs> to be the first one from the beginning, like similar to Sherpa, but... I've seen John at different races and I know like he starts off slow and then still, you know, he kind of like makes his way to the front. Uh, and I never ran 100K before. So I knew like, okay, maybe this strategy works for me when I run like 50 or 70K, but maybe I will not be able to keep up this kind of pace if it's anything longer than that. So that's why I thought it was the best strategy. And also just thinking back of the victory from last year, how they also paced themselves slow and then slowly but surely caught up with the Nepalese guys and then overtook them in the last stage. I, I knew like, okay, this definitely worked last year. So why not this year? Let's follow it. Yeah. And do you think you will be changing your own solo race strategy based upon this? Um, uh, this I think, yeah, for the longer races, I think for sure, because it was nice to have energy left in the last stages and not be completely burned out and just dying at the finish line. Yeah. Um, so I think I will try to maybe not push too much at the beginning. Yeah. And and with the with the two of you like monitoring your heart rate during it at all? Like I know if you were the you weren't setting the pace, but were you checking sort of how hard you were pushing? I don't know. Do you use a like um uh like anything to be able to assess the, the effort that you're doing during the race? Uh, my my watch is old, so I don't uh, monitor. Yeah, <laughs> I must upgrade and buy a new one. But uh, yeah, just from feeling, I think the the climbs towards the end. I was uh, that's the first time doing over four and a half thousand meters so towards the end i was feeling the uh the climbs and then at the end we were just helping each other uh to keep it at 445 pace to get the record so yeah um heart rate was high again just helping to give tom a little push yeah so i i couldn't wait to see the finish line as much as him by that <laughs> stage yeah um so john actually so before we go into the solo versus team I'm interested to hear from you about pacing and how you've uh, how because we did you always have this from when you first started racing and moving towards the pointy end of races did you always have a go out in a measured pace and save some energy for the end yeah I mean that's it's always been the strategy and I, I guess I'm I'm not that you know honestly I'm not that fast and so you kind of have to you know race I guess a little bit smarter if you want to get to the pointy end and yeah I've always found that that works for me and actually it's you know, it's actually a lot more fun to race that way because the first half of a race is actually really relaxed. You're chatting to people. It's like a like a slightly fast training run. And then you only have to really try in the second half. And the second half, especially when it starts to hurt, it's all mental. And if you're the guy going through the field picking people off, like I feel every time you overtake someone, you suck a bit of energy out of them. And that just helps to keep you motivated. And so, yeah, for me, that that's always worked. That's how I've done it. And um, 
yeah, it just it just makes the last you know thirty k's in a hundred k race a lot more interesting because you're chasing and there's something to think about and you're winning because you're overtaking. It all just feeds yeah. on itself. I don't know if you've um, heard David Goggins or read his book uh, Can't Hurt Me, but he talks about like taking souls, and it's like when you're overtaking people at the last part of the race, you're like yeah. taking people's souls as you pass them. Yeah. You're like, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. And how do you do? You just do it by feel do it uh, in terms of your pacing like how you're whether you're able to do it at like talking pace or do you monitor your heart rate or do you have a power meter that you're following or is it all just by instinct i mean i've, I've tried all of those things you know the the heart rate and the power meter and these days i, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty dialed into how i feel and what's the right pace um and it's yeah. not to say you know i, I have blow-ups as well sometimes i get that wrong and and you live and really? learn when yeah uh Landhouse 70 where where ryan came in third i think i came in fifth oh this year you'd yeah. come straight off of running in chiang mai um just before that that weekend yeah, before as I, well, hadn't you? but i still could have got my pacing better and so yeah sometimes you get it wrong and I, you learn I, from that i remember when i did Landhouse 70 um i uh I got all the way up to the top of Lantau Peak because obviously it goes over Sunset and then Lantau. And I got over uh, over uh, Lantau Peak. I was just getting to the top and you just passed me then. And I was like, I've blown it. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely. John Lennon is only just overtaking me now. I have definitely screwed it. And, and I ended up having a horrible day out there as well. Yeah. But it's a tough race, isn't oh, it? Oh, re- really tough race. I don't know what it is. On paper, you know, you get the two biggest hills out of the way in the first 15 Ks. You know, the second half is, you know, there's a lot of sort of flat runnable. Like on paper, it should be kind of okay, but it's one of those, I think I've blown up three times in that race. It's just... It's, yeah, yeah. it's well known as having a high DNF rate in there. Yeah. Um, uh, And so what um, is your feeling around team versus solo races? Where do you... um how, how do you feel about it? I mean, I, I I really like the solo races, but then the team races are special. I, I don't think you'd want to be doing team races, or for me anyway, doing team races you know every weekend. But when you do do them, you know you invest a lot in it. You know they're, they're kind of the special ones that you really remember, and you know the whole team sort of comes together. So I think you know mostly solo, but then you know the special team races for you know every so often, like like we did for Trailwalker. Yeah, yeah, and I'd really like to touch on the. Um the Hong Kong trail running community and really the sort of um, how it all came together for the, for this race. I mean, obviously every, a lot of people were sad that it was um, it was cancelled. I mean, and especially it's really sad for Oxfam Charity as well. There's a um, you know they would have lost a lot of funding from the from the race not going ahead. Um, obviously, people that have donated, it's going to be moved forward to the race for next year. But that takes away a year's worth of earnings for the charity. But um, what um, what was your feeling, Ryan, around um, just around the, I suppose, defiance of the Hong Kong trail running community. Hong Kong's going through some challenges and um, everyone coming together for yesterday. How, what was the atmosphere like out there on the course? Yeah, so um, the, the community in Hong Kong, um, I think there's, you'll be pretty hard pressed to find anywhere in the world like it. Uh, we all know each other, we're all there for each other. Uh, you race against each other, but you're, you motivate them and say well done if they go past you. So it's a really tight-knit community. Um, So of course, everyone was disappointed. Um, When we arrived at the start line yesterday, there was was a great buzz and, you know, it was fantastic. Uh, Oxfam sent somebody to have an unofficial start of the race. Um, There was great support on the trails. Um, 
people manning the checkpoints for water and it it felt like a race um you know there were some teams we were competing against they were still there and um yeah it just shows how special the community is for it to make that happen yeah so yeah. it did feel like a more than just a unofficial race it felt quite special yeah yeah yeah, and, and for you, John, I mean, Veronica, you've obviously, this is the first time you've raced in Hong Kong, right? Or you, um, um, I did a race last year, but I'm not very familiar with the communities here. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know what to expect, like how many people show up. But actually, I was quite impressed because still a lot of teams arrived. You know, the atmosphere was the same. I, I haven't done the Trailwalker before. So, yeah, there was obviously not as many people <laughs> as there used to be, but the atmosphere felt the same just as ryan said it didn't feel like an official race it felt like a race yeah yeah, yeah. and john for you how it must have been a pretty special moment for for you having been heavily involved in the trail running scene for here for many years yeah i mean it was just great to see <clears throat> the whole community just sort of rally together and you know it's, it's a you know, it's such a tight-knit community but also sort of very resilient and you know i think that's the sort of characters you know we're all you know looking after each other um, you know, no one's taking any un unnecessary risks, um, but, you know, the, there was a great atmosphere. Um, you know, we still wanted to get it done. Uh, you know, the trails were still there. And so, you know, for a lot of people, you know, who you know, made the, I guess, the risk assessment that it was we could still do it safely. Um, you know, we were happy to go out and, and still prove that, you know, we can still get things done here as a, as a trail community. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. And and. Cool, you did get it done. So when you think about like your goals at the beginning, it was uh, like the the main one was to win it. Um, was to um, was to be the the first mixed team and also to get to get the record and all boxes checked. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah, you must be. Uh, yeah. And in fact, on that, like, how are you all feeling today? Like, how are the legs? How like uh, did you guys sleep okay last night? I always find that that sleep after a, a, a big race, you just like have it every couple of hours waking up and your legs are aching and, and spinning around in bed. Yeah, it was a little bit hard to fall asleep after all the caffeine we took. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel great today. So I'm surprised because I took a lot of painkillers and I was warned like, oh, maybe you will wake up and you'll be really, really sore and you'll have some pain. But I don't have any pain. So maybe I should just run more 100k races. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to change your distances now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. What about you, Ryan? How's your, um, how are you holding up yeah, today? Yeah, surprisingly really well. Uh, a few uh, spasms last night when we were in the car on the way back. Um, but today it's been fine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, woke up at 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and couldn't get back to sleep. So that yeah, was a bit annoying. Weird, so it? I'll yeah. have an afternoon nap, I think. And, yeah. uh, and a big feed as well. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm actually planning to go out on a run in the hills this afternoon if you fancy a, uh, <laughs> fancy a recovery run. Rain check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, John? You're looking, yeah. fresh, you're looking fresh as a daisy there, mate. Yeah, I sort of feel okay, actually. Um, uh, I'd probably didn't need the six beers at the finish line <laughs> that was probably fact, the worst actually, thing this morning I was ask, like, what was it like at the finish line did you have many people there or? yeah i think when we got there there wasn't as much atmosphere there were probably maybe 10 people at the finish line waiting um but as you sort of waited longer and i, I waited out for the for the gone running joint dynamics women's team yeah and yeah more people sort of built up and there was a really sort of fun collective atmosphere and yeah, it was it was really really nice 
Yeah. What were some of the other uh, good performances yesterday? I saw like the the all female team green um, did did pretty well as well. Um, obviously, there was no like no like official. Oh, there there was like a, a dot tracking yeah. on there yeah. as well, wasn't there? But what were some of the other good performances from um, from the weekend? From I mean, the race? We, we were really happy, I guess, with the you know the women's team that we had. Um, I think the the Uglo guys. Um, yeah. you know, they finished as two, but they they put on a really good second half. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's probably, you know, anyone who, who got out there and, you know, there are a lot of teams we saw on Facebook with the post this morning who, you know, got it done in 20 hours or 24 hours, 28 hours. I think anyone who got it done on the day, you know, given everything that happened, you know, should give themselves a big pat on the back. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Um, so a few, uh, a few like uh, quick fire questions for, for you each then. Ryan, what, what makes you emotional? Uh, pain. <laughs> <laughs> When you when you know you've got another twenty k of a race to go and you're in the pain cave, you 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 want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tom made a really good point yesterday. Actually, um, I, we keep going back to it. <laughs> Tom's uh, last five k where he was really struggling and he just said out loud, "Pain." Uh, what was it again? It's only pain. It's only pain. It's yeah. only pain. And uh, you, you're right. It's over soon. It's only pain. Mm-hmm. And you've just got to get through it. I watched Jerry Chew's one. Uh, uh, pain is French bread, or pan <laughs> is French bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, what about you, Veronica? What makes you emotional? I think it's the same. Yeah. Pain, but again, because we were going as a team, even when I felt like you know, I'm in pain and I just can't do it anymore. I had everyone else there supporting me, so I didn't get to the low point that I would get if I was there by myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's actually, it's finishing the pain. <laughs> so I can, I guess when I've got my race face on and I'm going through the pain, that that's okay. But then I guess as you get to the finish line and the pain's over, that's when the emotions just come out for me. Yeah. I'm the same, like finish lines, just, I, even if I'm just watching something on Facebook or something, just seeing people to get the finish line, yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm made me think then just of the of you and the nine dragons, oh, mate. That <laughs> iconic photo <laughs> of you with your little one. and little uh, crybaby yeah. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Famous. Famous, photo. famous, yeah, infamous. Um, uh, right, most inspirational book you've read. Is there a book that you can look back on that's... Uh, that's been pretty formative for you. Yeah, just any any sports uh, autobiographies, or if anyone's done anything special and out the ordinary, just when they talk about their feelings going through it, it's uh, and just to see how deep people uh, dig, both yeah. mentally and physically. Are there any that spring to mind? That uh, any autobiographies that you um, that you'd recommend? Ah. Uh, Putting you on the spot think, now, yeah. mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Uh, no come to mind. Let me think. You've been up since five a.m. Yes. We'll let yeah. you off. <laughs> Veronica, is there any uh, any books or any uh, or any people that you found like truly inspirational? Hmm. <laughs> Book? I don't think so. Maybe if you have some recommendation, I know a few people recommended me some books about trail running and. But I'm just quite new to the sport, so I never really like looked at any literature. So maybe if you have any recommendation that <laughs> for what a book I, I could I'm, read, I alluded to before. Um, David Goggins can't hurt me is a is a really good one, and like the audio book of that or the book is is phenomenal. But um, but yeah, I suppose with that, then who's who's been an inspiration to you, like um, either in running or just in life in general. I think anyone like who is doing these crazy races, you know, just knowing how hard it is to do it and 
not just physically but mostly mentally like after you reach a certain point and you know you're just like in pain everywhere but just not giving up and going through it and especially sometimes seeing you know like you finish a race you go to bed on the next day you go to the ceremony but then you still see people who are like just finishing the race like really those ones who just do it as a challenge even mm if they have to walk it all and just imagining like how many hours they spend in in the mountains like that's for me an inspiration as well yeah 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 i like the the people that are coming in i'm sure there are people still finishing now actually yeah. aren't there i'm sure there's still a few people out there um uh john what about what about you any um any books or um what, what's been inspiration I mean, to you over the years i'll probably go people um just stone sang over here in hong kong um yeah you know, when I got here, he was he was the guy. Um, he was just you know at the top for such a long time, and you know it's you know it took me two years to actually build up the confidence to say hi to him, and he was so nice. He's such a humble guy. Yeah, sure, such a hum- humble guy, and he's you know he's sort of been an inspiration for me just in terms of you know how to be a great runner, but also how to be a great person. Um, and then I guess uh, you know for when I'm you know really you know I've got a big A race and I want to train for something, I think. You know, I've learned a lot from Andre Bloomberg in terms of how he approaches everything just so so sort of passionately but scientifically and he puts the work in and you know that's you know that's someone who I try and learn off for that and then actually Alessandro Sherpa I just you know just the way he approaches his trail running this the amount of passion is yeah. just uh, just blows me away and it's um yeah just actually almost makes me a bit emotional sometimes yeah yeah he's I got to meet him recently like just really um extremely passionate dude yeah. and um yeah, it's amazing how he sort of juggles his uh, his running as well as his business career as well. Um, I'll start with you on the, the next one, John. So a best kit that you... I, in fact, normally I'll ask for people the best kit that they've bought for under $100. But given that you, uh, you've got a running shop gone running, yeah. I'd say the best kit that you've sold for... Or what's the best selling kit for under $100? I mean, I probably, like, for me, I can't really go past my T8 Sherpa shorts. Um, I'm not really a T-shirt guy. Um, yeah. And so yesterday, it was basically, I guess, trucker, shoes, socks, and, like, these running shorts, they're super lightweight. I got in a liter of, of soft flasks and my gels and my phone and everything else, and it's kind of all I need to run. So for me, it's the T8 Sherpa shorts. I've still got to get a pair. Like <laughs> the amount of people that have said their T8 shorts is they're under a hundred bucks. Like I need to, I need to get involved. Veronica, what's, um, what's your favorite piece of kit? Hmm. I don't really have a favorite one. Um, what, what, um, what either like shoes do you run in or what pack do you use? Um, so I tried like a lot of different ones and I think I still haven't found like my favorite one. So I I tried different pairs of shoes, like different clothes. And I think like, I'm still sort of just like looking for the perfect fit for me. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. And Ryan, what about you, sir? Uh, I'll just say things that make you comfortable. So again, as John mentioned, the Sherpa shorts, um, if you need a bit more gear for a big race, uh, torches and stuff there's a running there's a band as well a waistband <coughs> with a torch on it or no, no 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 just a, a band where you can fit a bit more stuff and then yeah. yeah just just very simple things body glide decent socks just things where you can do a long run or a race and you feel okay you don't yeah. have anything niggling at you so yeah just simple practical gear yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um 
so also quite interested what people do like from their uh, like day jobs as well. Obviously, we all spend a lot of time training, but um, but yeah, what what's your uh, um, what's your what's your day job, Ryan? And what do you um, uh, like? How do you balance? How do you balance it all? I see it's like you're you've got a couple of cats at home, haven't you? And like I've got uh, yes, a, a, a missus, and it's her birthday. Is it her birthday today? Uh, it was yesterday during uh, okay. the uh, trail walk. Sorry, and what an amazing <laughs> missus that actually still let you race, and even though it was her birthday. That's... Yeah, and it was an unofficial race. So yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I actually work uh, within the sports industry. So I do uh, sports coaching and personal training. Okay, cool. So uh, some work at the Yacht Club, um, a gym on the south side of the island as well. So coach a lot of the professional football teams in Hong Kong and uh, some one-on-one training as well. So uh, yeah, always up at the crack of dawn, working evening. So I, yeah. I fit in my runs in yeah, middle of the day, basically. So uh, interesting. Summer training is not fun. <laughs> yeah, have you been personally training John or any of your any of the other team? Uh, Jeff Campbell, actually. Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen him recently. He's been re- working his biceps quite a lot. So. <laughs> yeah. And what? And on that, what's your recommendation for personal training, like around uh, for a train runner, train uh, trail runners, like just weekly sessions or like, and what type of exercise, heavy weights, or what's your like? headline recommendation for trail runners and, and personal training yeah so uh i just think so we're always uh on uneven surface yeah. so it's important to train on uneven surface so the bows ball um yeah. you know shoes and socks off really get the ankle ligaments working yeah. uh, and heaps of single leg stuff because we're always on one leg not two when yeah. we're running so uh make them ligaments strong and then you're just decreasing your rate of uh, injury during yeah. a race yeah yeah okay very cool veronica what's it what's your day job well um i'm actually now trying to change my career path so i used to have a regular office job in shanghai but yeah. since i started with all these these runs and trail running and races like i really i just realized like i want to do something that i'm passionate about which was not my previous job yeah. so now i moved um back to europe and i would love to work in the sports industry and actually this trip has also been really inspirational because i met quite a lot of people who work in this industry and you know who are doing different things such as yeah personal training physiotherapy and yeah i'm just trying to figure out like which one would suit me best but definitely i would love to start doing something that i feel the passion for yeah very cool i mean i'm sure there'll be plenty of brands wanting to uh, wanting to sponsor you as well and um yeah very cool and, um what about you john i know that you've got like you wear many hats don't you yeah, yep. Uh, I guess the day job is uh, a natural resources investment fund. Um, so that keeps me busy. Um, obviously, sort of still involved with Gone Running, Hong Kong's best running shop. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, just with T8 as well. Um, and then a couple of kids, a couple of dogs. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a lot going on. Um, yeah. How do you balance it all? Like I often get asked the question yeah. and ask the question of other, other people how... Um how you how you keep it all in alignment it's it's really hard but i think um i've got a missus who you know big shout out to elaine i've got a missus who's very understanding um and you know really supportive of of all of that so i couldn't do any of that without her um and then i guess the other thing just learning off jeff campbell and trying to do the my run training is commutes as run commutes and that's made a big difference too yeah 
yeah that's always one of my best advice just try and fit the training in where you can right yeah um okay so just um i suppose uh, to to close then just um uh, recommendations for for people. You you guys are all fairly new to the trail running scene. I mean, John, you're slightly old, but um, no offense, <laughs> but, but still, but I mean, it's still been like was it been since 2010? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's still only nine years, and um, for for Ryan and Veronica, it's been in the last three to four years, right? Any recommendations for people who want to? Um, start training hard and get towards the pointy end of, of races what would you um yeah what advice would you give to yourself from like three years ago of what to focus on starting with you ryan um just listen to people uh there's so many knowledgeable runners in hong kong and they're so happy to speak to you and give you advice so ask questions um get their advice and just take it from there um figure out what you want to do as well do you want to be a mid-pack runner? Um, awesome. Enjoy it. Um, do you want to be at the pointy end? Okay, figure out what you need to do f- in order for that to happen. So, yeah, I would just speak, speak to people who are, who are at the pointy end. They'll be more than happy to help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. And Veronica, any advice? Well, learning from my recent experience, you know, <laughs> if you really want to get better and you increase the volume of your running, please do not de- neglect the strength training, which is extremely important. Um, otherwise, you know, you will just cause yourself injuries. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah very cool thank you veronica um mr ellis any final closing remarks advice for um for people i mean i think what veronica said is is really true um you know a lot of people want to get better and they want to get better tomorrow and they just crank up the volume too much i think like the volume you can't get away from it unfortunately you know if you want to be better at running you've got to do lots of running and so (laughs) yeah yeah, like there's no silver bullet you've got to do the work you've got to do the the volume um but you've got to do it sensibly and you've got to ramp it up slowly and actually the cross training you know we're lucky enough to be in a team where every wednesday night we get to joint dynamics they give us a bunch of different strength exercises that we work through some of them take a bit of coordination that we don't quite have but (laughs) but it makes a big difference and i think yeah if you can get that strength and you're not getting injured that's the best way to get the volume yeah yeah Excellent. Well, look, I really appreciate all you all joining uh, joining the podcast today. Massive congratulations for a phenomenal run. I'm sure, um, yeah, like one of the best team runs of like of the past year for sure. Um, I reckon that there's uh, you're going to be running together quite a bit in future. I know that you'll be seeing each other at races at the Asia Trail Masters. Um, finals in uh, in Malaysia um, but yeah huge congratulations thanks for representing the trail running community in Hong Kong and uh, and sort of keeping spirits alive for everyone really appreciate you coming on awesome awesome thank you thank you Scott thank you cheers tell the truthful story if they ever ask stop the complaining because things ain't that bad so there we have it the Gone Running Joint Dynamics team the official winners of the unofficial Oxfam Trailwalker. Um, what a run. What an amazing run. I mean, you, you've got to call out Veronica Vadovakova as just that. That is the 
fastest female run in Oxfam Trail Walker in, in history. I mean, they got the record, the previous record for um, for an Oxfam Trail Walker was 12.51. They got the record in, uh, in, in 12.45. And it was a slightly extended route. I mean, they, they've obviously changed the route. Um, and it was an extra, yeah, extra kilometre or, or two. And they still still brought it brought it home, so impressive. And yeah, what about Ryan pulling everyone through those uh, those last six k and putting the putting the foot down to hammer through and uh, and get 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 the record? Um, yeah, it's just so impressive. Like hearing hearing these people push push the boundaries once again. And um, yeah, having like watched some of the videos of them running on Facebook, etc., they're um, yeah, just just all great runners. Tom Robertshaw, who didn't join, but he uh, just one one of the the great runners to watch. He's so slight, but just effortlessly running up hills. They say they just couldn't keep up with him going going up the hills. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, an absolute honour and pleasure to to chat to them all. And yeah, really excited to see what both Veronica and John do in the um, in the finals of the uh, Asia Trail Masters, which is coming up on the fifteenth of December in 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 Malaysia. Um, both uh, leading the, uh, the both top of the leaderboard for their respective um, male and female um, uh, competitions, and yeah, it looks like they they could both bring it home. Um, uh, just uh, Veronica is so impressive. Just what a strong runner, amazing. And um, yeah, got got to call out the um, their support crew as well. The um, the joint dynamics, David Jackie and um, and Michael Orminston from um, from the uh, um, race base team. You know, you can never you can never put that those sort of team races in. Uh, and team performances in without the support crew in Trail Walker is just such a critical part of it, and so uh, yeah, they, they need to be called out um, as uh, as massive contributors to that to that great run. And uh, yeah, once again, real shame that the, um, the 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 race was cancelled, but just so impressed with the sort of defiance and positivity coming from the trail running community you know life goes on like pe- people have to continue living their life with with all the um, the troubles that are happening in in hong kong and um and yeah great to see the community come out in in um yeah in full spirit um but yeah once again such a shame about the uh uh about well the lost donations to oxfam trail walker um but as i say another shameless plug for uh, i'm doing an everesting challenge in singapore in on the 12th and 13th of december um i'm going to be running up and down bukatima to the height of everest 8848 meters uh, no less than 64 times in, in roughly 24 hours yeah, I've been like training for it quite a bit and it's um it, it's a tedious one it's a bit like um obviously nowhere near as hard but uh it's it's a bit like the uh the big dogs or big's backyard in terms of the repetitiveness of it obviously a lot shorter but a bit more elevation um and uh, and yeah, we're raising money for um, for the free to run, just a phenomenal charity. And if you haven't heard of Stephanie Case, she's like one of the top ultra runners in the world. Um, has competed in Barclay last year. 
and uh, she's the founder of the charity. She's a, a, UN, a UN human rights lawyer out in Afghanistan. And we're actually going to be having her on the podcast soon as well. She's uh, she's coming on to talk a little bit about the charity and uh, and a little bit of her ultra running background. Um, but yeah, if you if you fancy um, uh, if fancy donating, you can go to um, go to charity.gofundme.com and then forward slash everesting free to run. That's charitygofundme.com. And that's everesting free to run. I'll share the link on the uh, um, on the uh, Facebook page and uh, and Insta, etc. Uh, but yeah, as we say, we'd like uh, Rick and I do this for for the love. Rick's um, Rick's um, still like uh, busy with the with the newborn, but he'll be back on very soon. We've got some really good podcasts coming. Um, but yeah, we do this uh, do this for the um, you know to, to share stories, to learn ourselves. We enjoy it. We have fun. Um, but yeah, there's nothing, uh, we, we don't do it for sort of commercial gain. It's, um, it's to give back to the community and I'll be, um, I'll be matching all donations to free to run up to around three and a half thousand us dollars. Um, so yeah, any contributions will be greatly received. Um, yeah, so coming up in the next few weeks, we've got some brilliant ones for you. We've got, um, uh, Alessandro Sherpa coming up in a couple of weeks, um, caught up with him in recently in Singapore just uh, he's a, an absolute gun um we've also got um JP from um from the Philippines who is the race director of Cordillera Mountain Marathon he uh yeah also ran Dragon's Back early in the year um he's been a great contributor to the ultra running scene in uh, in the Philippines so um Rick's going to be interviewing him in the next uh, next couple of weeks as well so lots more to come thank you and um yeah be sure to give us a uh, a follow on um on the socials and um and yeah the, a review on apple podcasts and the like uh, and so yeah we'll see you in a couple of weeks time thank you tell the truthful story if they ever ask stop the complaining because things ain't that bad